Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Gospel of John, chapter 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And it says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. This man couldn't see Jesus, but the Bible says Jesus seen him. And it says he was blind from his birth. Guys, everybody underneath the sound of my voice is a sinner by birth. You were born as a sinner. You were born blind. You were born into darkness. You're just like this man. But Jesus sees you. And He sees the condition you're in. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ eventually is going to go to the cross of Calvary, die for your sins, have your eyes opened up, and you can become saved and you can go to heaven. He says that Jesus passed by, but He saw, and He saw a man which was blind from His birth. And His disciples asked Him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? That's a question a lot of us have. Why was this man born this way? Why was this child born this way? Why was this man born maybe blind or mentally handicapped? Or why was this man born with, with problems with his legs? And with, why, is it, why does God make him that way? Why did God do that? And that's a great question. And their question was, in a sense, is who did the sin? There has to be somebody who sinned. They had the idea that maybe the parents did some kind of awful sin so their baby was born to form that way. Or maybe this baby, this kid, did some kind of awful thing, and that's why he's born this way. So the, the question is, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, verse 3, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The Bible says, Jesus Christ there says, you know what, the, the, the parents didn't do any kind of sin. This poor child, this man didn't do any sin. But God is going to get a work. God's going to get the glory out of this. And he's got this guy and he's got him blind for a reason. He was born that way because God made him that way. That's something for us hard to understand that God would make somebody that way. But God does make people that way. Turn to Exodus chapter 4. I want you to hear it out of God's mouth. Exodus chapter 4. Keep your hand in John, but turn to Exodus chapter 4 and look at verse 11. I want you to read it out of the Lord God's mouth, what he told Moses. Because Moses is being called by God, and Moses, like all of us, makes all kinds of excuses. And his excuse was, well, I, 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 I stammer. I, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know how to speak. And, and look what God says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. This is God's response. Our Lord God, this is His response to Moses. Verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? He tells Moses straight out, Did I not make you that way, Moses? <laughs> you said, well, I stammer a lot. Well, I made you to stammer that way. Well, I don't talk very well. Well, I made you not to talk very well. Well, I'm not very smart. Well, I made you not very smart. Well, I'm not very good looking. Well, I made you not very good looking. Well, I'm, I can't walk very well. I was born and my legs messed up. Well, God says, I made you that way. Guys, listen. Be who you are. Be, you're special in God's eyes. God made you special. 
And he's going to get the glory out of you. You just be who you are. You don't have to be the, the best looking or the best athlete or the smartest. You just be who you are because God made you special. And he made people special that way. One of the greatest songwriters of all time. Her name was Fanny Crosby. She was blind. Born blind. And they asked Fanny, they said, aren't you sad that you, you weren't born with, a, with eyesight so you could do so much more for God? She goes, no. Because if I was born with eyesight, I would be doing nothing for God. Your testimony should be, I, I am who I am because God created me this way. And you can like it. You can leave it. You can lump it. I don't care. I'm just going to follow God because he made me this way. See, you give God the glory out of it. And God will get the glory out of it, whatever's happening in your life. So back up in John chapter 9. So God says, I made him that way. So Jesus says, the works of God should be made manifest in him. So we're about to see God's about to do a work. Here in this blind man, uh, verse 4, Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. And that's the that's time it's coming to where it's coming to right now. Where it's getting harder and harder to, to do the work of a Christian because the world hates Christians. Verse 5, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We can't wait for him to come back and lighten up this dark world. Verse 6, when he had thus spoken... Jesus had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. Now that's very interesting that Jesus Christ says, Okay, I'm going to heal you up, and the way he does is he spits on the ground, he spits in the clay, and y'all guys understand that you're nothing more than clay, right? You understand you're nothing more than just a piece of dirt walking around. You got a soul and a spirit inside this piece of dirt, but you're nothing more than, piece, than a piece of dirt. The Bible tells us that. Science tells us that. So God, Jesus Christ, spits on the ground. He takes this mud. He makes a little mud pack. Takes mud. He puts it right here on his eyes. He says, now I want you to go wash. And when you go wash, you'll, you'll be healed. And he does. He goes to the, the pool of Siloam. And when he goes, he washes and he, his eyes are seeing. So your question might be, is why did Jesus Christ go to all that trouble? There's other places where Jesus Christ, he just tells somebody, okay, be healed. And they're healed. There's other places where he does all kinds of things like this and then they're healed. I really believe with all my heart, that Jesus Christ, He uses the amount of faith that you have to heal you. And what I mean by that is, He takes, if a man needs this to happen, if a man needs to have clay put on his eyes and to be sent to the pool to be healed, that's the way Jesus Christ is going to do it. Now, if a man has enough faith where Jesus Christ can just say, be healed, and that man is healed, he'll be healed. Jesus Christ is in the business of healing. He's a, he's a doctor, and different people need different medicine for the situation they're in. Now, what I'm trying to say to you is this this morning. If you're saved, you can be saved in many different ways, in many different places, in many different instances and different circumstances, you can be saved. You're going to be saved by the same man, the man Jesus Christ, but you're going to be saved maybe in different ways. There's different ways. And what I mean by different ways is in different places, in different situations. You don't have to necessarily be in church to get saved. I heard of a guy, I was listening to two guys' testimony of Christianity. These were famous guys that were in, of all things, the professional wrestling. They were given the testimony. One guy said, I'll tell you how I got saved. He said, I was in a store, and I was in my storefront, and I was talking to a dear, dear friend of mine. I got mad at him. He got mad at me, and I hung up the phone. And he said, I felt my heart was so full of anger and so full of hatred towards one of my best friends. He said, I don't care what anybody says. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. He said, but I heard in an audible voice. He said, I heard in an audible voice out loud. It said, look what you've become. 
look what you've become. And he said, when I heard that voice, I realized, you know what, look what I've become. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. This same man says, well, let me tell you my testimony. He's down in San Antonio, Texas. His wife is saved. He's not saved. And he's laying there with his little baby boy. And he's laying there, and his boy got to be about two years old. And he had, he had, been, he had been hooked on some kind of painkillers. When he got hooked on these painkillers, he was so drugged up, he was playing with his little boy. And the little two-year-old boy looked down at his dad while he was holding him up in the living room. And his little boy said, oh... Daddy's so sleepy. Daddy wasn't sleepy. Daddy was drugged. Daddy was higher than a kite. And that man said, when I heard my little boy say that, it just ripped my heart completely out of my chest. And he said, I went on and I went to a church and they had a church there and I just stopped in there and I went into the office and I said, I, I want to go to a Bible study. And he said, there was a man around the corner and said, you can come to my Bible study. I'm having it at my house. It's on a certain, certain day. Come on. And that man, that professional wrestler, his name is Shawn Michaels. He went by Heartbreak Kid. He said, in San Antonio, Texas, he went to this house, and he got to that Bible study. He said, the guy started telling him how he needed a Savior, that Jesus Christ will save you if you'll call on him. And Shawn Michaels said, I started just bawling and crying and boo-hooing like a little baby, and I accepted Jesus Christ. He said, I've never, ever been the same. I got saved. And I went home and told my wife, hey, this is so great. I got saved and everything. She goes, yeah, I know. And he goes, well, why didn't you tell me about it? And she said, because if I'd have told you, you would have done it for me. I wanted you to come to Jesus Christ on your own. Amen. Amen. Men are saved in different ways, in different situations, in different places. But it's all by the same man. If you're going to be saved, it's all by the same man, the man, Jesus Christ. Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went and walked way, his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. He came seeing. See, when Jesus Christ saves you, he opens your eyes to the sin that's in your life. See, he opens your eyes. Verse 8. The neighbors, therefore, and they which were before had seen him that was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. <laughs> Guys, What I'm going to preach on a little bit this morning is simply this. Now that you're saved, this is what you can expect from people once you get saved. This is how people are going to treat you. Once you're saved, this is how people are going to treat you once you're saved. The first way they're going to treat you is this in verse 8 and 9. It says, it's not this he that sat and begged. They're going to say, what happened to you? Once you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're going to start running to friends. They're going to say, what happened to you? You're not the same man. And you're going to have to say, I'm not the same man. I'm saved. And they're going to say, yeah, well, you know, you're not. Well, let's go drink some beers. Come on. Let's go get drunk. Let's go drink some few beers. And you're going to have to say, no, I'm just not into that anymore. What happened to you? They're going to say, like some of my friends have said to me, you're not the same old good old boy you used to be. You're not the same good old boy you used to be. And you're going to say, you know, I'm not the same old. I'm saved by Jesus Christ. But the, what you're going to expect when you get saved is you're going to have friends of yours. They're going to come up to you and going to say, what happened to you? Like they did this man that was blind. You've accepted Jesus Christ. You've been changed. I was reading a story about this policeman that he was so wicked at his, at his police department. He is such a cusser. He is such a rebel rouser. This is a policeman. He went over to California. He was living in Iowa. He went to California. Guess what happened in California? He got saved. He came back on va- from vacation saved. He got into the police department. He started telling everybody how excited he was. He started telling everybody about Jesus Christ. So the head of the police department, you know what he did? He suspended the guy and made him take eval on his mental health. He said, this guy's gone crazy. That's what they said about him. He went crazy for Jesus Christ. See? That, it's okay if you're cussing every other word. Oh, that's okay. You're sorry, no good. Oh, that's okay. 
you've met Jesus Christ. Whoa, whoa. Now, I, I don't know about this. You're going to church? You're a holy roller now? Yeah, I'm a holy roller. See, they don't mind you being some wicked. It don't matter what you are. But when you start talking about church, I'm here to tell you you're going to lose some friends. That's okay, though. Because if you could lose a friend over that, they were never friends at all. And I'm here to tell you, I lost a lot of friends when I accepted Jesus Christ, but I've got 10,000 better friends now. Amen. And I've got millions of friends all over the world that are called brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. 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 I'm a lot better off. Verse 10, Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus, he made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, where is he? Where is this Jesus? And he said, I know not. That has to be the saddest thing a Christian could ever say is, they don't know how to lead somebody else to Jesus Christ. That has to be the saddest thing. He's telling the story about Jesus Christ. He's telling what Jesus Christ has done for him. But when they ask him, where is Jesus Christ? He says, I know not. That has to be the saddest thing for a Christian when they're not able to lead somebody else to Jesus Christ. Please, I tell you, if you're a Christian underneath the sound of my voice, you get the guts, you get the courage, you find a way, you learn, you study, you, you have to produce some more fruit. You've got to get other people saved. It's your job. It's your duty. There, this place is on fire. If the house was on fire and there was somebody on a second story window and you could see the first story and you could see the house is on fire, wouldn't you stop and say, hey, there's a fire, come down, you're going to burn to death, come down. This whole world's on fire and everybody's about to go to hell. And we walk right by them while the place is burning down. We ought not be that way. Amen. We have to have the courage to say, and guys, I don't mean to be rude. I don't mean to get into people's faces. I mean to simply have the courage, the guts to say, hey, have you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? We might not be so bold to a stranger, but we've got family. We've got real dear friends that we could be that bold to. You sit down and say, you know what the Lord's done to me? Verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. So they bring this blind man to the Pharisees. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes and I was washed and do see. See, simply what you need to do is when somebody asks you about Jesus Christ, just tell what Jesus Christ did for you. <laughs> just say, you know what, I just know that uh, somebody told me that Jesus Christ will save me. I got down, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save me, and man, I have never been the same. See, that, see how simple that was? So we'll explain it. I, <laughs> I can't explain it. I'm just telling you what I did. And that's why I'm different. I, that's why, how do you know you're going to heaven? I just know. I did that and I know. See, you don't have to explain everything. It's not your job to explain everything or understand that. Your job is to tell them. And he just basically tells them. See, that's what you do. You just tell what happened to you. Amen. Surely you got that kind of testimony, don't you? Amen. If you don't have that testimony, then you need to get one. I don't mean make one up. I'm talking about get on your knees and say, Lord, I want to make sure I'm saved. I want to tell you I love you. I want to make sure that I'm saved. I want to know I'm going to heaven. And you pray like that. You get off your knees and you know you know. And then you'll have the guts to say to somebody, hey, you know, I prayed and I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. Verse 16, therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. He's, they're talking about Jesus. Jesus is not of God. Why? Because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. 
Here's the next thing you need to know once you get saved. Here's another person that's going to come into your life. Once you get saved, here's somebody else that's going to come into your life. It's the religious people who are going to start coming into your life. And religion kills you. And when I talk about religious people, I'm talking about the cults. I'm talking about the Jehovah's Witness. I'm talking about the Mormons. I'm talking about different people from different places are going to come in here. They're going to start telling you what's wrong with what you believe and why you need to believe like they believe. And I'm here to tell you the first thing you need to realize is religion has never saved one soul. Religion doesn't save you. Religion doesn't do anything for you. So when you have a religious person come up to you, I don't care if they're a Catholic or a Jehovah or what kind of religion they are, and they come up to you and they start telling you about that, you need to understand right off the bat is that religion didn't do anything for you and had never done anything for you and is not doing anything for them. You need to realize this. It wasn't religion that saved you. It was a man, a resurrected man named Jesus Christ that saved you. you got to grab a hold of that. you got to realize, you know what? I'm not just praying to some kind of philosophy. I didn't get down on my knees and pray to somebody that lived 2,000 years ago. I got down on my knees and I prayed to Jesus Christ who's alive right now. Jesus Christ who can hear my prayers, can see my tears, and knows my heart. That Jesus Christ, I prayed to Him right now. He saved me. I'm saved going to heaven. That's, I'm not into some kind of religion. I'm not into doing this or doing that. I went to a man, a resurrected man named Jesus Christ, and he saved me. So when these religious people come unto you, and the devil will send them your way, and they'll start knocking on your door, I want to show you something you know. You might not realize this. No, I realize something. I might not realize anything, but I realize this, that Jesus Christ saved me, and I'm sticking with Jesus Christ. These people will come into your life and they'll mess you up and they'll confuse you. That's the devil. The devil is the author of confusion. He wants to deceive you. That's why the devil has these groups all over the world that are there to knock on your door, to come into your life and to confuse you. Do you have the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost which is speaking in tongues? People like that. So no, I don't have that. But I'll tell you what I do have. I have Jesus Christ. <laughs> I like that old black guy. <laughs> That old black guy, they, they came to him. The Catholics came to him and said, Are you, do you know anything? He goes, oh, I'm saved. He goes, well, you don't have the keys. He goes, the keys? He goes, and the Catholic, this Catholic priest says, yes, the church, the Catholic church, we have the keys. That old black man, being smarter than him, says, the keys? He goes, I don't need the keys. I got the door. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is the door. I got the door. I don't need the keys. I got the door. You gotta have that. You gotta understand that. You gotta realize I have Jesus Christ. I don't need any of this other mess. Listen, you don't have to be the smartest person. You can be eight years old. You can be 80 years old. You can be very, very, you can be very dumb, but you can understand this one simple thing. I have Jesus Christ. That's all you need to know. You need to believe on Jesus Christ, see? Why, did, why is it that simple? It's that simple because God wants the eight-year-old to go to heaven and he wants the 80-year-old to go to heaven. It's that simple because he wants everybody to have a chance of salvation. He doesn't want it to be confusing. He doesn't want to make it just where you have to go to the Catholic Church or you have to go to Kingdom Hall with the Jehovah's Witness or you have to wear the special Mormon underwear at the Mormon church. He doesn't want it that way. That's why you won't find that junk in this Bible. It's all about belief in Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? That's what Jesus Christ says from John 1 all the way to the end of John. Do you believe? He that believeth is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed on the only begotten Son of God. You've got to believe. 
They're going to send these idiots into your life. The devil will. And you've got to get ready. I'm warning you. Verse 17, they say unto the blind man again, What says thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. So the blind man, they're asking, What do you think of him? And that guy says, He's a prophet. Amen. What do you know about Jesus Christ? Man, he's a, he's a savior of the world. Verse 18, But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. So they, don't believe, they believe this guy's a faker, see? That's how he wasn't blind. They're just making all this up. So let's call his parents up. Let's call his parents up and see what they have to say. Look at verse uh, 19. And they asked them, asked the parents, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now seeth? We know not. Or who hath opened his eyes? We know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Another thing you need to understand and be ready for is you're going to have these kind of, this kind of thing happen in your life once you get saved. You're going to have family members turn on you. You're going to have some family that's going to turn on you. Get ready for this. Jesus Christ warned about it. He warned about it in Luke chapter, I believe it's Luke chapter 12. He warned about it. Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth. This is Jesus. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. This is what Jesus said. You think I come to give peace? I came to give division. What is it? For four from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided. Three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus Christ said, I've come to bring division. Because I'm here to tell you, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have some of your own family members. It might be your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your uncle, your aunt, your cousin that's going to say, I don't like you anymore. I don't believe what you believe. And they're going to ostracize you. You're going to become, sometimes some of y'all might become the black sheep of the family. You need to be ready for that because that hurts some Christians' feelings because they don't see it coming. You see, they accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes into them. Man, it's so wonderful. Everything's so great. And then you get around your family and they don't think it's so wonderful. They don't think it's so great. They don't have the same Lord you have. That is just should encourage you to start telling them about Jesus Christ. You start living that life for Jesus Christ. But, you know, so many people, they accept Jesus Christ and then they're shocked when they find out how they get treated by other people around them. This sermon that I'm preaching, this is a warning to you. This is a warning to you that it's coming. It's coming. Once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't turn back. <laughs> you, can't, you, you, you accept Jesus Christ, and no matter if your own mama's mad at you, you're like, well, mama, I mean, I hate that you're mad at me. I hate that you don't like me anymore, mama, but I'm not, I, I, it's done. It's, I, I'm born again. It's done. <laughs> you can't undo something like this. Verse 24, Then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. So the Pharisees are saying, Give God the praise. Just because somebody throws around the name God and Jesus Christ don't mean they know what they're talking about. Because they're just saying, Give God the praise. God doesn't have anything to do with what they're talking about. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they're using the word God, so that makes them, that makes them holy. Listen, so many people, it don't matter if it's Jehovah's or Mormons or whoever it is, the Muslims, the Muslims are talking about Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you, you get to listening to them, you get to talking to them, it's not the same Jesus Christ that you know. Just because they're throwing away God, around the word God and Jesus don't mean they know what they're talking about. Verse 25, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. This is how the, the blind man answered. Whether he be a sinner or no, talking about Jesus Christ. Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know 
That whereas I was blind, now I see. <laughs> Amen. Man, see, you know, don't, here's another thing you didn't realize. Don't worry about the things you don't understand. Don't worry about the things you don't understand. Just focus on the thing you do understand. And that one thing you understand is, hey, I knew I was a sinner. I accepted Jesus Christ. Now I'm saved. I was deep in sin. I was burdened. I had this feeling in my heart that something wasn't right. I got down on my knees. I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save you. Man, save me. And now I'm changed. I don't know where Genesis is. I'm not really for sure where Revelation is. But one thing I do know, I'm saved. And I met Jesus Christ. See, that's a testimony this guy's given. So you don't need to focus. because We don't understand everything, amen. You can't explain everything God does. But you can't explain what God's done to you. I know not one thing I know. Hey, the one thing I do know that, hey, whereas I was blind, now I see. Wow, that's good stuff right there. Then said they to him again, what did he to thee? How opened he thine eyes? Verse 26 tells you this important thing. As you go through your Christian walk, guys, after you've accepted Jesus Christ, I've told you how people are going to come into your life. As you go through your Christian walk, you're never going to get away from apostates, from the cults, from the scoffers, the atheists, the unbelievers. You're never going to get away from them. They're going to be with you the rest of your life. That's just the way it goes. And this blind man, he's trying to get away, and here they are coming up again asking him. Look at verse 27. Knowing that you're going to always have these people like that in your life. We're talking about the cults, the unbelievers, the scoffers, these people that don't believe. Knowing that, knowing that you're going to always have those guys in your life, I want you to notice what he, how he handles it. Notice how he handles it. Look at verse 27. He answered them. This is how the bland man answered them. He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not hear. He told them way back in verse 11. I told you already, and you did not hear how he opened my eyes. Look at this. Wherefore would you hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? <laughs> He's being a smart aleck. You see that? He knows they don't want to be his disciple, but he said, hey, man, I already told you what he did for me. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to want to be one of his disciples? Stick it to him, guys. Be a smart aleck. Every chance you get, just poke, 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 poke. Don't be afraid. He said, well, I might offend them. They're not afraid to offend you. And your Lord and Savior, he went all through, the, all through that world offending everybody he ran into. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm saying just, that's, one, that's why one of my favorite people in the whole Bible is Elijah. You remember Elijah? He calls, they're going to call, they're going to have the competition and they bring out the altar. And he said, whoever's fire, whoever's God from, can bring fire from heaven down to this altar. That's the real God. And so the, he gives the Baal prophets a chance and the Baal prophets, they're all singing and dancing for hours and getting around the altar. And Elijah, the Bible says, Elijah began to mock them. Hey, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's went on a long journey. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe you need to speak up a little bit. The Bible says he mocked them. I believe in that. I believe every chance I get, I poke at a Jehovah's Witness. I poke at the Mormons. I make fun of their stupid little holy underwear they wear. I make fun of all of that stuff. I make fun of that stuff. You say, why do you make fun of that? Because it's stupid. And they make fun of me, so I mock them. I love this stuff because I'm a smart aleck by heart. I love it. (laughs) Be a smart aleck. Poke fun at them. Get with it, man. You know, they're going to make fun of you. Have some fun with it. Amen. See, to me, that's fun. To y'all, that'd be like, oh. Some of y'all would be like, oh, I, could, I couldn't bear to think of, to offend somebody. To me, I'm like, oh, man, Lord, thank you. I can do something that'd be a little bit of fun here. Ah, man, the, you know, some of y'all get a knock on the door. Oh, it's a Jehovah's Witness. Don't open up the door. You know, my wife said, the Jehovah's Witness is at the door. Really? Or I, you know, get it. Let's go. Come on, you know. You know, I just can't wait to poke, to poke, to poke, to poke, to get look at their face, you know. Smart aleck, smart aleck. 
Ye also be his disciple. Look at verse 28. Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses for this fellow. We know not from whence he is. Verse 30. The man answered and said unto them. Now, here's another way to answer him. While herein is a marvelous thing. This is the blind man talking to the, to the religious leaders. That you know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Look at verse 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. How do they know that God heareth not sinners? That blind man is quoting the Bible. He's quoting the Bible. He's quoting Psalm 66, 18, that God doesn't hear sinners. What he's going to show you here, what this blind man is going to show you here, how very important it is to study your Bible. Now, we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. He's quoting the Bible, guys. So the second way to answer these skeptics is you're going to have to live with the rest of your life is you need to know your Bible, learn your Bible, study your Bible, and use the Bible against them. And have verses. The best thing to do is when you run into somebody that's a scoffer and they, yeah, blah, blah, they tell you something and you don't know the answer, what you do is you go back home and you study it. So the next time you run into one of them, you'll have the ammunition to pull out and stab them with it. Amen? And I'm here to tell you, when you deal with these people, the Holy Spirit will help you a lot and give you stuff on the fly. And that's the funnest time is to see the look on their faces when God, through the Holy Spirit, gives you something to tell them on the fly. When they don't see it coming, I had this old lady, and I was a very young Christian, knocking on my door. Jehovah's Witness. Well, I said, y'all don't believe in hell. She said, well, you wouldn't take that little baby, because my son was crawling around with one of those heaters like that. You wouldn't, if you were mad at your little baby, you wouldn't take his hand and put it into that fire. I was like, ooh, well, no, I wouldn't. We'll see, how do I answer that? And then the God just gave it to me, ooh, real quick. Without thinking, I said, well... I wouldn't take that little baby and drown it if it misbehaved. She said, no. I said, well, what about when God drowned all those people in the time of Noah's flood? And you could have just seen the look on her face just go, she never even thought about it. So what's the answer to that? Well, I didn't know the answer. I was a young Christian, but I knew I had just stabbed her in the gut. <laughs> I could tell. I just got her. I knew the Lord gave it to her. Well, I went back and studied. You know what I found out? I wouldn't take my child and throw him into a fire, but we're not all the children of God. We're not all born again. Listen to me, if you're underneath the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior, you're a child of the devil. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're born again into the family of God. You're a child of God. God's no longer your judge. He's your Father. Amen. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's your judge and you're going to stand before Him and He's going to judge you like a judge does and He's going to sentence you like a judge does and He's going to sentence you to hell. But see how God gave that to me just like that. Listen to me, you've got to poke them, you've got to know your Bible, and you've got to be ready, because these guys are never going to leave the rest of your life. They're always going to be around. Verse 34, let's close. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. This is the Pharisees to the guys. You're altogether born in sins, and we're all born into sin, amen? And dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. You haven't even been to seminary. You're not even a professor, and you're going to teach us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on out of the road, man. <laughs> Go kid your mama. I might not have been to seminary, but I've been to, I got a degree from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. And I have enough sense to know that I can read my Bible. And that's what he should have said. I have enough sense to know I can read my Bible and you're wrong. And I don't need to go to some seminary. I don't need to sit under some wicked professor. I got the Holy Spirit and he's a whole lot better teacher than you ever thought about being. Amen. Guys, you've got the truth in your lap. 
You can study it. You can read it. You, God can give you some amazing things. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't need to go to the university. You don't have to have anybody teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. He wants to teach you. Some of the stuff that I got against the Jehovah's Witness, simply God gave it to me because I was dealing with them. And God says that there's one of my kids, he's having to deal with these idiots, I'm going to give that little idiot something. He gives me something, you know. I don't deserve it or nothing, but God will give me something. Why? Because he knows I'm fighting for him. I'm on his side, see. I'm his child. Those are not his children. And if your child was out there fighting against somebody, don't you think you'd give them a little bit of ammunition? Yeah, amen, you would. So God says, oh, look at that bald-headed idiot. Oh, you know, he's so stupid, but he loves me, and he's trying to do something. I'm going to give him this, and just drop something in my hand. He loves me that much, and he loves you that much, and he wants to help you out. You don't have to go to seminary to get that stuff. God will give it to you. I'm not totally against seminary. Y'all know that. If you're in the wrong seminary, I'm totally against it. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Now, here, let's close here. Jesus heard they had cast him out, cast out the blind man, and when he had found him, Jesus went looking for him because they cast him out. Listen, that's a great thing to be an outcast of the world. For the world to cast you out, oh, nothing better would have ever happened to you. Amen. He gets as soon as they he gets through dealing with these men, his family turns on him. These religious leaders turn on him. He's getting attacked in every way, and he's trying to quote Bible. And all of a sudden, they say, "Get out of here!" And they cast him out. Here's this poor old blind man. Mind, he can see now. He comes out and he walks out of there, and he looks up, and there's Jesus, and he goes and finds him. Hey, hey, Jesus says, "Come here, come here." See, Jesus could have been there the whole time. Amen. Jesus wanted to see the show. See, Jesus loves to tell a good story. God loves to tell a good story in your life. And that's a good story right there. So Jesus waits till he gets cast out, and it says Jesus went looking for him. Hey, hey, come, come here, come here. I love this stuff. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? The most important question that can be asked to you this morning, do you believe on the Son of God? Do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? And that's the question he asked this blind man. Verse 36. He answered and said, the blind man answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Man, to have a literal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ like that. Look what that guy does. Verse 38. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Oh, friends, Jesus Christ says, do you believe in the Son of God? And he says, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. The last thing you need to know, after you've accepted Jesus Christ, you've accepted Jesus Christ, you've bowed down, you've prayed, you've asked Jesus Christ to save you, you're going to have all these weirdos coming to your life, some of your family's going to turn on you. The last thing you need to know this morning is Jesus Christ is going to expect a confession from you. He wants you to confess. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 says that you've got to confess with the mouth, the Lord Jesus. Why is it so important to confess? Because when you confess with the mouth, the mouth shows you where the heart is. That guy would have made a really, really bad Mormon and a really bad Jehovah's Witness because he worshipped Jesus Christ. They'll tell you Jesus wasn't God. Jesus wasn't God. Well, what's he doing worshipping Jesus Christ? Because he's God. He's Lord. So the last thing you need to know is that Jesus Christ, after you're saved, He's going to expect you to confess it to your friends, to your neighbors, to your loved ones. He's going to expect you to confess Him. Because when you're confessing Him, He knows where your heart's at. 
Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.